Hi, welcome to our podcast, Good Deeds Real Estate with a Mission. I'm Diane Davidson. I'm here with my partner and husband, Bill Weidecker. Hello, everybody. Hello, Diane. How are you, Bill? I'm well. Good. I'm Good. well. So today we were discussing this um, off-site and um, something that's come up a few times recently, which is that homeowners, um, whether they're investment, uh, own investment property or primary residence, don't always understand what their... Um, what kind of tax advantages they have with regard to not paying taxes on the gain on their properties when they're selling. And it's become particularly important to people who have the substantial gain in this market, right? So maybe that's why we're seeing more and more of it. Um, uh, and this is something that changed, what, 96 or 97? 20, like 25 years ago. Yeah, exactly. And I, I want to back up. When we say we were discussing something off-site, what does that mean? Uh, not at the, I don't know. Not here at the office. At uh, home. 25 years, and we still get people that will call and say, I know I have a once-in-a-lifetime exemption. How much is it, $125,000? And that hasn't been in existence since the Clinton administration. Exactly, that's when it passed. Or, or they say, I know I have to spend as much as I'm selling for, as long as I spend this much or more. As a matter of fact, I remember when it first um, came into law, that it allowed a lot of people to buy second homes because they took the gain, the un untaxable, non-taxable gain from their, their first home, their primary residence, and they bought a smaller primary residence and then a second home. And there was no tax consequence for them. So they no longer had to. What changed was that they had to always spend, basically in a, in a nutshell and simplified terms, they had to spend at least as much as what they were selling for, right? And that went away. And that has no benefit anymore. Like when I say to people, yeah. no, you, you can take... A single person, 250, a married couple, 500, and there's also a way of two, two owner occupants to split the 500. Um, a non taxable event, 250,000 in gain, profit, 500,000 in gain or profit, no tax paid. And no, you can't, no, there's nothing you can do if you want to buy something for even more than that. It, there's no benefit, right? That went away. So for primary residences, this, this idea of paying a capital gains tax goes to zero. Up to five hundred thousand dollars if you're married or splitting it, correct. Um, or two fifty if you're a single individual. Two hundred fifty thousand yep. dollars, zero capital gains tax zero. for a primary residence. Zero. That is a that is a really it's big huge. deal compared to um, what it used to be, which is where people still get hung up. It used to be a once in a lifetime, once in a lifetime exemption for one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars if you were over fifty five. Yeah. And so now. You can do it providing, if I have this right, providing it was your primary residence two out of the last five years. Correct. Absolutely right. Yeah. To me, that that is a, that, that probably since that um, since that act, um, there were many provisions that were put in place back then. The Roth IRA came out of that tax act. This this idea of the no capital gains came out of that tax act. I think it is the single best thing that came out of that tax act 25 years ago now. When you think of somebody downsizing, or right-sizing, I should say, so they're moving out of a home they've owned for many, many years, perhaps decades, and they're able, if it's two people, to take $500,000 tax-free. They can really sort of directly make a huge lifestyle change in you know, where they're going and off, and they do split it into two homes. Yeah, and we've had, we've had you know, clients that have had, let's say, a year-round lake property, and their primary residence here in southern New Hampshire, let's say, they've sold their primary residence, exempted five hundred thousand dollars in gain, 
moved to the lake property, declared that as their primary residence, and now, after two years' time, they could sell that and exclude $500,000 in gain. It's right. not a only once-in-your-lifetime thing. It's that you can do it over and over and over again. Right, but the two-year thing that you just mentioned is important. So you have to be, you have to be the, it has to be your primary residence for no less than two years. And you're right, they look at, the IRS looks at it, they do a five-year look back. So the day you sell, they look five years back and two years cumulatively. It could be like a day in, a day out. I mean, I want to exaggerate and simplify it, but um, I guess that's contradictory. I don't want to exaggerate the, the, the terms of it, but basically if, you're, if you uh, claim it as your primary residence for two out of the last five years, um, then that's it is considered that and treated as that. You also, as you said, can't do it more often, more frequently than every two years, right? So if you move into that lake house and you go and sell it after a year and a half, mm -hmm. the, unless, there's one exception, if you move for a job and if that new job is 55 miles or more from the home that you're selling, then it's prorated. Right, so let's say you're there for a year and a half, then three quarters of that $500,000 is tax exempt. A lot, I, of, a lot of numbers. Well, yes, it's a lot of numbers, but the point is, is that um, don't just think, you know, uh, I'm going to be, this is going to be subject to tax. I'm not going to, I don't think it makes sense to sell. Check with somebody right. to make sure that you strategically do it in such a way so you can exclude as much of the gain from tax as possible. And we're obviously not accountants, we're not tax attorneys, but do check with somebody because there's specific criteria. Like, for instance, you have to be, if you're a married couple, filing jointly. You know, there are times when, as a, when, a, when two people, uh, marry or not, are in a, in a home and um, it's, in the, it's in a trust and that trust, uh, they're both, both occupants are not part of the trust, then it's going it's, it's to be tough to, to, uh, to get more than, or have more than a $250,000 mm -hmm. capital gain tax-free. So and we, we've had people, uh, builders, for instance, we've known builders that, you know, build a house, move into the house, live there for two years, sell the house, and exclude, and live there for two years in their primary, as yep. their primary yep. residence, and sell it and exclude up to $500,000 in gain yep. from tax. It's Flippers, yep. Flippers, yep. providing you live there, right, two out of the last five years. Correct. Gotcha. So I think just, I got it. You think you got it? Okay. I think I got it. Have we lived there too? Not yet. Um, so it's, I think, you know, the reason we brought it up today, or we were talking about it today, is because it has come it has come up for discussion many times this past year. Again, probably because of the appreciation people have seen. Mm. And, um, and it's just interesting to me that, um, to both of us, that a lot of people did, have not um, thought about availing themselves of this. And so important, though, to talk to a CPA or, or a tax attorney to make sure that they have all their ducks in a row before they sell. So you don't want to find out post-sale uh -uh. because there's, if you haven't done it correctly, it's it's kind of too late to do a, a do-over. Right. Um, you can't reverse it. Right. And so, you know, when, when it started, when it was uh, put into law, when the IRS passed the code or rewrote the code, it was um, 250 for a single person, 500 for a married couple. But there's also provision for two people um, owning a property together who are both on the mortgage, both claiming it as their primary residence. So they they basically get to split. So they split the the, the you know cost of the house. They split the, the number that the house is selling for, and they each take they can apply their two fifty toward their half of that transaction. Mm. So it's not limited to married couples, which warms my heart. Yeah, well, I th I think I think that is the uh, Internal Revenue Service recognizing 
today is a different time than even it was 25 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think that adds a lot, a lot of clarity, and I hope um, for those listening or watching that that you got a little bit more particular about it today. Thank you for bringing this up. You're welcome. In a future um, podcast, we'll probably interview a CPA tax attorney to get some more specifics. Um, And since it's such a fascinating topic, how to defer capital gains tax or how to avoid capital gains tax, um, we're going to talk about a 1031 tax deferred exchange. When would we do that? Now? Um, No, not now. Another episode. Something to look forward to. That's it for now. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube or follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks, Bill. You're welcome. My pleasure.